0: Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. In today's episode, we begin a new series examining the New Testament book of Hebrews. Bible writers were inspired with messages for their time. But God also sent these truths for the benefit of people in every age. Sometimes I wish we had a photo or a portrait of Jesus Christ taken at the time when He was here on earth. In fact, we do have a picture of Jesus... As we open our Bibles, we will see that it is a painting in words. Well, on our panel today, we have Pastor Harold Harker and Rod Butler. Welcome, gentlemen. It's good to have you with us today. Before we begin our discussion, though, we'd like to invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. Let's pray. Loving Father in heaven, we come to you recognizing that we are frail frail human beings. We We are faulty, we are sinful, and we need your cleansing and your covering. We thank you that you we, we can have the guidance of the Holy Spirit too, and we pray that as we discuss today, that we will be led by His, his power. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, today we are going to um, get an overview of the book of Hebrews, uh, and we'll find that it portrays Jesus in various ways. I'd like to to begin with the text right at the end of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 22. Uh, I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. uh, uh, Harold He says this word of exhortation. What does he mean by that?
1: (laughs) We don't use that word much today, do we? Exhorting. (laughs) But the word of exhortation is really a sermon as it was written down. Let me read for you Acts 13, verse 15. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue said to them, saying, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Now, this invitation, it really is um, the sermon that Paul gave. And let me read to you what it says in 1 Timothy and chapter 4, and I'm reading verse 13. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So Paul here outlines what are the elements of Christian ministry. There's reading. There is exhortation, helping people to know how they should act. Then there's the doctrine, which is teaching. So Hebrews is really uh, the earliest Christian sermon we have. Mm -hmm. And Dr. William Lane said, the opening periodic sentence commands attention and engages the reader or auditor immediately. Hebrews begins like a sermon.
0: Mm, Okay, that's interesting. So the exhortation, this is, the Hebrews is really like a a written sermon. Yeah. Yeah, for the early Christian church. Um, I'd like to uh, have a look at Hebrews chapter 10 now, and we're going to read verses 32 to 34. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations. So they're having a bit of a tro- bit of problem, mm. you know, these early Christians. A struggle, uh, reproaches, tribulations, he says. And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me. And Paul was suffering as well. Sure. In my chains, he says, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Uh, What impression, Rod, do you get uh, from this about the circumstances of the Hebrews?
2: Well, the the Hebrews themselves, they were suffering persecution or had suffered persecution. Um, I mean, they were ridiculed, it says there, they were, um, it implies that there was violence against them, stripped of possessions. This is serious persecution. And you know, I think when was the last time I was uh, mm. you know, stripped of my possessions? So on the one hand, they were um, persecuted. But I'd also like to read another verse. And it's that word exhortation again. Um, <laughs> this is uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and verses 12 to 13. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And in verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So despite the fact that they were persecuted and had all those things to deal with, they also had a danger of apostasy and falling away. And Paul encouraged them to exhort one another, to encourage, to, to speak to them, to, uh, to uh, yeah, support them. Mm, so Harold, did Paul have any other further advice? Sir, at oh, all?
1: Yes. Let me read further from Hebrews chapter 4, 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin." Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christians then and Christians now have a focus on Jesus Christ and he's in the heavenly sanctuary. Let me read to you what William Barclay says. Jesus is the perfect high priest because he is perfectly God and perfectly man. Because he has known our life, he can give us sympathy, mercy, and power. He brought God to men, and he can bring men to
0: God. Hmm. That's a lovely thought, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, bringing God down to us, and we're brought up to him. Um, so, uh, Rod, what tools did uh, did God provide to, to spread the gospel to uh, the people like the Hebrews? Well, there, there were tools. Um And Hebrews tells us, if I read
2: again from Hebrews chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 3 and Mm 4. Hebrews 2 verses 3 and 4, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, which is Christ, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, the disciples? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So the, the Hebrews, um, they heard the, uh, the message, the gospel from the disciples, and that gospel message was accompanied by pretty powerful um, signs, wonders, miracles, and the Holy Spirit gave them spiritual gifts such as speaking in tongues and so forth.
0: Yeah, I like to take you back to the to the book of Acts, talking about the the acts of the apostles. Here, Acts chapter two and verse four says, "And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance." Um, so the early Christian church was boosted, as it were, by the this special endowment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Harold, what other Supernatural evidences accompanied the, the disciples. Well, there were miracles. Let me read of some. Here's
1: one in Acts 8 and verse 7. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame went healed. Now, this was Philip, and he was working in Samaria, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just for Philip. Here's another one in chapter 9. Where it talks about Peter. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room, and they called Peter. Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. So here's Peter and here's Philip. And if you want another one, here's Paul, because it came with all of them. And in Acts chapter 13, we read in verse 8 and onwards, but Elimus was a sorcerer. For so his name is translated, he withstood them, seeking in t- to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind. And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So you have all of these workers had the endowment and miracles followed them. Mm. And it turned the proconsul into following Jesus.
0: Yes, and, and Rod, um, uh, we should never underestimate the the power of the Holy Spirit to to bring about a change or a conversion in people's lives, should we?
2: Definitely not. And we have a great example of that in the in, also in the Book of Acts uh, at Pentecost, and um, just following what, what uh, Harold was saying, if we look at Acts chapter two, verses thirty-seven and thirty-eight. It says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So here we have the apostles have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter is preaching to the multitude and they're all being convicted. And the people responded without delay and three thousand are converted in a day. Now, the message for me there is that if the Holy Spirit speaking to me, respond
0: immediately. Don't delay. Right now is the time. Mm. Yeah. And Harold, uh, what, um, what, what were the Hebrews facing, uh, really?
1: Well, it wasn't easy times because Paul mentions that here in Hebrews 10. But recall the former days in which you were illuminated and you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. And then he says also, uh, well, that was the first century. It wasn't easy there. But then he also says, remember the prisoners as if chained with them. And those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. And then he goes on. But here they were prisoners. They had sufferings and prison. They had all sorts of troubles.
0: It wasn't easy being a Christian oh. in the first century or the second <laughs> century either for that matter, right. was it? And, uh, and Rod, are there any examples in the New Testament of arbitrary detention?
2: It actually is a very good, good example um, of an arbitrary detention. And if you refer to the book of Acts, uh, <laughs> chapter 16, and if you just let me read from verses 20 to 24. Firstly, I'll set this up. Um, this is Paul's second missionary journey. Um, he's with Silas there at Philippi. Um, they've, uh, um, Lydia and a household have just been baptized and Paul is being followed around by this servant girl who's got a, a demonic spirit and she's making all this money for her masters by fortune telling. Yep. And this is starting to really harass Paul. So he commands the demon to leave and they're cast out. Well, <laughs> suddenly the owners of this slave girl have lost their income because yes. they're making money out of this person telling fortunes. They're uh, <laughs> They're very unhappy. So they then make a big scene and I'll pick up the story from verse 20 and brought them to the magistrate saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs, which are not law for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothing and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, (coughs) charging the jailer to keep them safely who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feast fast in the stocks? So here they are going about with their gospel work. The next minute their, their clothes are ripped off, they're beaten, uh, thrown into prison without any process. This is guilty until proven innocence mm. and not in put in prison, but put in the inner prison where it's all dark and dingy and put in stocks. Mm. That's arbitrary
0: detention. Yeah. Yeah. No questions asked. No. <laughs> about it. Um, I'd like to just change focus a a little bit here and and go to uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verses 23 to 25 and introduces Moses here. By faith, Moses, when he was born, uh, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Uh, What do you find interesting about Paul's introduction of this idea of Moses, Harold? Well, Moses was a great guy, but the next verse even takes it further.
1: Moses, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward. Now, the treasures of Egypt, he could have had everything, But he said, I'll rather be a Christian. And he took the reproach of Christ. Let me read for you another one from 1 Peter chapter 4. And this is what it reads here. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. We're actually blessed if we suffer because Jesus suffered for us. Now, a Roman historian, Tacitus, he wrote this and said, Christians are guilty of hatred against mankind. Christians were hated. And in Rome in that time, think of Nero. The Great persecutor of Christians, and at being a Christian in that first couple of centuries in the Roman Empire, it was dangerous to even live there.
0: Mm. Mm. Yes, if you, do, if you weren't an emperor worshipper emperor worshipper or something like that, you know uh, it, was, it, was a, uh, uh, it was a challenge it was to the existing uh, religious order, wasn't yeah. it, mm. in, in the Roman Empire. Um, I'd like to just uh, go back to Hebrews chapter 2 now, uh, Hebrews 2 and verse uh, 18. And uh, here it says, for that he himself, this is Jesus Christ, has suffered being tempted. He is able also um, to aid those who are tempted. Uh, The uh, New Revised Standard Version says, tested those who are tested. What were some of the, the other challenges facing the Hebrews right now. Well,
2: w- one of them was an erosion of their faith. Um, I read earlier Hebrews three twelve to thirteen. I'd like to read Hebrews twelve, um, uh, Hebrews three verse thirteen from the New Living Translation. It says, "You must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived and hardened against God." And Harold read earlier Hebrews. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 16. I'd like to read that also. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The The Hebrews were facing persecution and the, the trials, there was a risk they would fall away. And uh, they're reminded by Hebrews 4, 16 that Christ not only understands their pain and suffering because he, he also suffered, uh, suffered more than anybody, uh, but he also can help them. He's empowered. He f- uh, find grace to help in the time of need. So if we go to Christ, he'll provide that, that power that we need to overcome the problems we're facing. So the, the Hebrews, their challenge was an erosion of faith,
0: but here's the solution Turn mm. to Christ. Mm. So Harold, were there any other dangers that it could affect us in our generation? Yeah.
1: Well, H- Hebrews tells us, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting, there's that exhorting again, (laughs) exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. The word, the key word, I think, is together. And Paul is, or the writer of Hebrews is saying here, let's be together. Even if there are persecutions, when you're together, you get stronger in your faith. Mm. And so in this day of COVID, when you can't get together together, as soon as it's over, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Mm.
0: It's interesting that in Hebrews 13 and verse 2, uh, Paul says, do not forget to entertain strangers. It uh, sounds like unusual advice, doesn't it, Rod, to, to entertain strangers?
2: It, it does, but he's, the reference there is to Abraham. And in Genesis 18, where um, the story is that Abraham was in his tent very hot, like a location, very hot day, he sees three strangers coming, invites them in for refreshment and for rest, uh, feeds them, and then discovers that they 're angels in mm. fact, one of them was Christ, and he even discovers what their journey was. They were going to Sodom to uh, execute judgment, um, and he 's given the opportunity to intercede he was he knew,
0: hospitable to them because he
2: knew lot was there, yeah. and he was hospitable to them mm. and It says there in what you've just read, but also Romans 12, Romans twelve thirteen 13 says to always extend, be given to hospitality. And um, Clive, the the verse before that verse, uh, uh, chapter 13, verse one, that's the key. Let brotherly love continue. If we have brotherly love, hospitality will be manifested in our life Mm. and people will respond to hospitality. Sure. and brotherly love.
0: When we go back to the previous chapter, Hebrews 12, verse 3, uh, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Um, When we're under pressure for our faith, Harold, discouragement is a very real thing, isn't it? And it can come to all of us if we're not careful.
1: Let me remind you what happened to Elijah in 1 Kings. Uh, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he'd executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Here, was so discouraged, he wanted to end his life. It can come to all of us. It even came to Elijah.
0: Yes, well, he had a real high on Mount Carmel, didn't he? Sure did. And then uh, followed by a, a low, as it were. And how did God pick him up Rodney? Right? Well, we see, we get a
2: glimpse of God's unbelievable mercy and tenderness here. Just following off what Harold just read, um, if you consider very quickly, he'd come from Zarephath down to Samaria to meet Ahab. That's about 130 kilometers. He then went to Carmel, which is 50 kilometers. Then he had to almost run a marathon from Carmel back to Jezreel in the rain um, and then The next morning he flees. That's another 165 kilometers down to Beersheba. Then a day's journey into the wilderness. So this poor man, with all that stress and physical fatigue, he's absolutely exhausted. And then we see God's unbelievable tenderness and mercy. I won't read them, but um, verses 5 to 8, God wakes him up and an angel feeds him and gives him food. He's so tired he goes back to sleep again. Then God wakes him up again. Well, the angel does wakes him again, gives him another meal and says that meal will now sustain you because you needed it. He was so exhausted Um, and he thought he was all alone. Verse 10 says, I'm all alone. Only I am faithful. So his physical needs were supplied. His physical needs were supplied. Then God speaks to him in a still small voice. We have that in verses 11 to 12. And that still small voice ministers to his spiritual needs. Mm. So God addresses the physical, then the spiritual then God gives him work to do. You've got to go back and do some more work for me. So he gives him a mission. And we have that um, in some verses, which are starting from verse 15. And then in verse 18, he encourages him and says, there's still another 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. So God completely gives this man what he needs. It's so beautiful.
0: Mm. Now, Paul gave practical advice such as generosity through hospitality. What else did he advise Sir Harold?
1: Well, he said in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. It's easy just to drift unless you have that sure hope that's anchored every day. Don't drift. That's the message here.
0: hmm yeah, and one of the messages too of Hebrews is quite clear is that, you know, that Jesus will come again. Um, his promised return is, is sure yep. and, and certain. And, and, uh, and Harold, what, what promise does, does Paul share that brings hope to us all?
1: Well, let me read from Hebrews 10 and verse uh, 36 and 37. It's a great promise here. Here we've got it. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Jesus isn't going to tarry. There's a time and he will come. And then verse 14, it tells us in chapter 13. Here we are, just over the page. For here... We have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. The new Jerusalem is where we really want to focus. We want to be there as Jesus takes us there. How will the gospel be finished? Let me read this great quote, and it's a wonderful one. There is a great work to be done. The world will not be converted by the gift of tongues or by the working of miracles. But by preaching Christ crucified, hmm. Jesus is the answer.
0: That, that's hmm. interesting, isn't it? That, he, that they should point to uh, to preaching Christ crucified, because you know miracles were quite instrumental in the the New Testament era, and, and yet it's focusing on Jesus Christ. Well, he said, "If I be lifted up, I'll draw
1: all men unto me."
0: Yeah. You know, uh, in the Old Testament book uh, of Numbers, and thank you, gentlemen, for for your contributions today. Uh, In the Old Testament book of Numbers, Moses warned of two failings of Israel, doubt and immorality that led to false worship. Any wonder that Paul also warned the readers of Hebrews to cling to their faith, to fix their eyes on Jesus, to beware of immorality and covetousness, and to obey godly leaders. These are timely counsels for us today. Well, we're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us, if you wish, on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, may God richly bless you.